0: Hi, I'm Sonia, and this is the Simple Organization Solutions Podcast, aka the SOS Podcast. My goal is to help you see and feel all the benefits that organization has to offer, as well as show you the different ways where it can be applied in life on a daily basis so that you can focus on what is actually important to you in life. I'll be discussing different topics, some being organization-related and others not so much, but they will all point to the same direction to mainly declutter and organize your life to fully enjoy it. I hope you follow along on this journey and discover what organization has to offer. Hello everyone and welcome to the SOS Podcast. For today's episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with Jess Neary on the topic of feng shui and show you a glimpse of what it's about and how similar it is in many ways to organization. Jess is based in Hampton, the St. John region in New Brunswick, here in Canada. She is a wife, mother of three happy children, and loves the outdoors. Like many of us women, she's more than just one thing. She's first and foremost a global feng shui designer and consultant, but has also received other certifications, such as a Bachelor of Business Administration with a major in Human Resources and a minor in Finance, a Diploma in Interior Design, a Reiki Degree One, and a Spiritual Alignment Connection Certification. She's also a doTERRA Independent Wellness Advocate. Part of her business is guiding her clients in designing their interior and exterior spaces for a healthy energy flow. She also offers home energy readings to help assess your home's current energy and guide you in shifting it to achieve a better flow. Jess offers many of her services either in person or virtually here is part one of our conversation. Hello, Jess.
1: How are you? Hi, Sonia. I'm doing so, so well. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor to share feng shui and bridge between organization and getting into all the fun, juicy information.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on the SOS podcast today. First things first, how is it pronounced? Is it feng or feng shui feng shui i was having this argument with my husband and i was like oh darn that's a great question (laughs) (laughs) that
1: is often the first question i'm asked maybe not on a podcast but like just in general um feng shui is how i pronounce it however if someone says feng shui i I know what they're saying (laughs)
0: okay okay good okay good (laughs) Now, I don't know if you remember, but at one point during our interactions and conversations on Instagram, you mentioned something to me that stuck with me ever since. You shared pictures with me of drawers you had recently organized based on tips and tricks I had shared on my page and how the simplest change had made such a huge difference for you. And as we were chit-chatting, you said that Organization aligns so much with feng shui. And I remember pausing and realizing that I had never thought about organization being helpful for feng shui before, but that now that you were mentioning it, that it did go hand in hand without even knowing all about the practice all that much. The concept of feng shui, it just, it just made sense as you said it. This was way back in February, but I've never forgotten about it
1: organization has always been something i've always really like from a very young age i would be going through my mother's kitchen cabinets and organizing everything labeling the food pantry and i just it just brings so much joy and i believe it's because of the ease that it brings into our everyday life and looking at these little micro actions that creates this massive ripple in our life where we're feeling supported We feel energized, Um, the little moments where we can fuel ourselves rather than, I mean, the opposite being drained. When, for example, using our drawers in our bathrooms prior to adding simple organizational containers, which is like, it's shifted everything because now I've started to do this also in other rooms of our home. And so it's just like a wildfire, it's amazing. But prior to having the organization, it was just so much easier for clutter to build in these spaces. And when I refer to clutter, I'm referring to items that are no longer serving us. So we sort of have this cycle of the items that are supporting us in our everyday life, but it changes and evolves as we too change, shift and evolve, you know, our skincare practice even looking at what toothpaste we're using, all the things, hair ties. I used to have a pixie haircut. Now I've got long hair again. So like all the different tools, it changes. And so in our bathroom drawers prior, it was just, it wasn't defined. The area was just becoming kind of a catch-all for little bits. And I, I feel like when we have a space like that, that's not designated, it's so easy for that clutter to build. So when I open the drawer and I'm I'm specifically looking for a hair tie, for example, it may not be easy to find. It could take an extra 10, 15 seconds perhaps, but it's this added frustration that depletes our energy or it offers this little micro drain. Uh, so after having gone through our drawers and organized and actually had a system, but even a home for each of the items that we're serving or are serving us. It just, it doesn't leave any space for clutter to enter into that area. And now when I need something from my drawer, I just literally open it, it's right there, nice and neat, organized perfectly. And it adds that, that bit of energy to my day, and it's, it's that flow. That um, is experienced on a daily
0: basis. From what I was able to grasp from your social media content, I get the sense that feng shui is a practice that is very energy driven, which is what I'm all about with organization. I'm the type of professional organizer that organizes based on feelings and functionality first. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that feng shui is based on energy in a space based on its content. So, how would you describe feng shui?
1: It's a very spiritual practice and looking at our space really as a reflection of ourselves and where we wish to go, how we wish to operate and, and to flow in our everyday life.
0: Would you also describe it as this kind of control that it brings in or this balance that it brings in to your, your life, I guess, or, or to your space? Absolutely. And
1: it's very intention based as well. So when I'm working with a client, for example, or even looking at our own home space, it's looking first and foremost from the intention of what we're looking to achieve, what we're desiring to attract into our life. Oftentimes, it can be balance, uh, more peace, but it could also be motivation, more focus, more clarity, more motivation, and that boost of energy. And when we're looking at our space, organization's a huge part of that. That's not my specialty. (laughs) I just particularly, I just love it. (laughs) But but looking at an area, um, and certainly from a home energy reading, uh, one of the services that I offer, I'm able to bring awareness to these spaces and then If they're looking for further guidance, then I go to the professionals like yourself and the experts. But with Feng Shui, we're looking at the flow of a space. So in previous clients looked at home building plans. And so when homes are actually being built from the ground up and looking at how we can increase the flow and functionality of just walls, doors, windows, like the physical space, and then looking at the wall color we're looking at rugs. We're looking at the furniture, the placement of furniture, um, and then, of course, decor and enhancements into our space as well. So it's um, a very large web of looking at our space and curating it to match that energy, that intention that we've set from, from the very beginning.
0: Now, as far as feng shui itself are there any basic principles to it when you're applying it with like design or like you said, furniture, colors, and what what are the basic principles to this practice when you're applying it to a house plan, like you said?
1: There's a lot of what could be called like rules or basics for sure. And this is where it gets a little interesting because even within feng shui, there are different schools of feng shui. So there'd be a traditional or classical method, which is looking at our compass direction. Um, so that, and that typically is where a lot of individuals come into feng shui understanding. The feng shui that I've studied is called BTB feng shui. And this is a more westernized version of feng shui. It's looking at our space from the perspective of the individual and not where it's located on the earth plane, which is a really big distinction. But understanding that and looking at it from the sense of our space is there to support us as an individual and from an energetic perspective, then we can start building on that foundation. And one basic fundamental rule, if you will. It, I don't even see it as a rule because it's so practical and it, it's understanding the command position. And the command position, which is also known as the power position, is used in bedrooms. It's used in living rooms. It could be used in your home office as well or an office space in general. It's essentially looking at how we're seated and what we're able to see and observe and for instance, in our bedrooms, I'll start there because I find that is such an easy way to explain the, the command and power position is having your headboard placed against a solid wall. So there wouldn't be a window behind the headboard, for example, or above it. And you'd be in a position where you can see your door to your bedroom, but not be in direct line with that. And the general philosophy or principle behind this and reason why it is such a powerful position and a basic fundamental feng shui practice is that we're then able to be in a position where we feel grounded, supported, and we've got our eyes open and and we can observe our entire space. We can see someone or something like our pets coming in our bedroom door And this would go as well for our home office or an office in general, where we're sitting at our our desk, we have our wall behind us, and then we're able to observe and scan the rest of the space. And this really goes down to like our instinctual, primal nature of wanting to feel protected and safe in our space. And I often will think of like being a caveman or cavewoman, and we have our cave and we always... You know, you would be at the back of the cave so you can see if any predators are coming in. I mean, we don't live in a day and age where we have to worry about, you know, a bear or a wild cat or something. But it's just this innate feeling of security and being able to really relax in our space so we could have really deep, restful sleep with our bed in this position when we're sitting at our desk we're then able to put more energy and channel more of our personal energy into the content we're creating. Um, Being focused, clear, all the things like it's just this really wonderful practice and or position. And same for living room. So setting up your sofa or chairs, it's a little bit more unnerving when your back is to the door or the entrance to the space. It's almost like There's still this subtle subconscious thought of what's coming from behind or, you know, and and not wanting to be caught off guard. And I love this position because it is so beautifully put on display for anyone who's listening and even yourself, Sonia, when you're going into a restaurant. I can guarantee 90%, maybe even 100% of the time, the table furthest from the door, but against the wall so that you can observe like the entire restaurant and from seeing who's coming in through the front doors is probably going to be taken first. What? Yeah and and it's just it's something that people probably aren't even consciously thinking of some some would for sure but it's just like this general attraction. Absolutely and I was working with a restaurant here locally um the past few months and they've they've opened up and i was talking to them even about the position of their the tables and the chairs that they have for their customers and i said now this table in the back i can guarantee you is going to have the most people sitting at it it's probably going to have the highest turnover. well maybe not turnover but you're going to have people coming and sitting and feeling comfortable here and i went one day and none of the other chairs were taken Everybody was at the back, right in this corner that I, I knew. It's just like so natural. And it's just beautiful to witness and be able to see in our everyday life.
0: Isn't it funny? It's this attraction to to comfort to that section of the and see when you mentioned to position your desk in a way to be facing the door in your office, what comes to mind to me as an organizer is oh darn, those cords for your laptop. (laughs) How are you going to organize that so that it's going to be functional and you're not going to, you're not going to trip on everything as you go around like that. But I I see your point, but I see the challenge for me as well. Now I'm going to go around in my house and figure out where's the door, where's the best spot, (laughs) where do I feel most comfortable?
1: (laughs) I love rules. They're great for providing this general guideline. But there's always exceptions, too. So there may be opportunities or situations where that's not possible. And then there's things we can do to to add that extra visual element of seeing, you know, the entrance to your space. So there's some really cool things that can be done to work with any space, really.
0: Thank you for listening to today's SOS podcast episode. Find me on my website at www.sosblog.org and on Instagram. And share my podcast with others and help me spread the word about organization.